back whenever I was growing up, one of the popular, I guess one of the big things that we were thinking about and one of the big things that we were discussing, especially in high school and college and whatnot, was becoming a man. How do you be a man? What does it mean to be a man? And actually like learning how to man up, if you will. This conversation was, was pretty popular and kind of over the years, I think within our culture, that's kind of, that conversation has kind of died down for a number of reasons that I really don't want to get into. But even though the conversation within our culture has died down, I don't think that means that that exempts us from actually exploring what it means to be a man. Being a man and being kind of being very, being manly, if you will, is a deeply a part of Christian life, whether you are born a male or a female, but being, being manly is a part of it. Why? Because virtue, the meaning, the word, the root word virtue, actually comes from the Latin word vir, which means to be a man or being manly. And so what are we getting into and what, to me at least, especially as a, as a, a, a priest and as a young, young man, one of the things I realized and the person that I looked up to the most, at least, as who it meant to be a man, aside from Jesus, of course, he's the ultimate, right? But was John the Baptist. You see, Jesus, even Jesus pointed to John the Baptist and said that no greater man alive has walked the face of the earth than John the Baptist. I mean, of course, he's exempting himself because he is, he is God as well. But John the Baptist, he put on a really high pedestal. Uh, I think this is, this is very interesting because what John the Baptist does is he kind of flies a lot in the face of what modern day men are trained to do in a lot of ways, and, some, and many modern-day men kind of look to do and whatnot. So John the Baptist exudes and explains and, to me, embodies masculinity in three ways. The first way that John the, ba the Baptist identifies and basically embodies masculinity is that John the Baptist fundamentally low-maintenance, doesn't need a lot. Doesn't, doesn't looking for a lot. Very, very simple. He doesn't strike us, at least in, in the gospel, at least in, in this gospel, as a very picky eater. All right? Locusts and honey. Bugs. All right? This isn't exactly, we're not exactly talking about a Michelin five-star restaurant that he's looking at. You know, he's very, very happy to eat pretty much whatever he can find in the desert. Whatever he can scrounge around. Very, very simple. Not gluttonous. Very, very simple. Isn't, isn't, too, isn't too concerned about his dress. Look at what he wears. He wears camel's hair and a leather belt. Can't imagine he spends three hours in the mirror doing his hair every morning. Can't imagine he's, he's, pretty, he's pretty fast, you know, fast, you know, wakes up and, you know, gets ready to go pretty quickly. John the Baptist right there in and of itself is extremely low maintenance. But the other thing about John the Baptist that I admire about him so much is that John the Baptist, and this is another masculine feature, Something that does that, that I think men are not, they're not as trained to do this well as well these days, is that John the Baptist deals with suffering really well. Not just in this gospel, but in other passages, we see John the Baptist enduring life in the desert, enduring ridicule, enduring pain with a lot of grace. He's not really too bothered by what people think of him, but he doesn't exactly have a lot of spite for him either. So you see this a lot in, in, in today's culture. We can tend to see men really getting involved in these arguments and, and these fights and whatnot because their egos feel bruised. That's not the case with John the Baptist. 
John the Baptist isn't really too worried about any of that stuff. What he's worried about really is the third and greatest point of masculinity. And that is real men, great men, true men, point to other great men. They're not focused on themselves. They're not worried about what people think about them. They're not trying to get attention. They're pointing to somebody who's mightier. They're pointing to somebody who's greater. That's why so many great men, whenever we look at, at like, or whenever we watch like, you know, great men speak and great men accepting awards, what do great men do? They say, thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your encouragement. How many, you know, admirals and, 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 and chiefs of staff, whatever, get up and, and talk and, and they say, first and foremost, I want to thank my wife, the real hero for helping me out, for being the one that I'm grounded in. He points to somebody else. He doesn't point to himself. And that's what John the Baptist does. The whole purpose of John the Baptist's life, even though he was the greatest man to exist, even though he was the last of the Old Testament prophets, even though nobody, nobody can touch him in terms of dealing with suffering and pain, he was like a Catholic Tarzan for crying out loud. He was incredible. Even though he had all of these incredible accolades to his name, what does he do? He says, one mightier than I is coming after me. And I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. My friends, that's the key to masculinity. That's the key to being virtuous. That's the key to really owning who we are and being comfortable in our own skin. Is recognizing that for all of our accomplishments, all of our accolades, they fundamentally mean nothing without the support of Jesus Christ. They fundamentally mean nothing without the support of God. Ultimately, that is the lesson of John the Baptist. He doesn't get up there to, to advertise himself. He doesn't get up there to show off his accolades. He gets up there and he lives a bold, a brave, a glorious life, all to highlight the, the glory and the greatness of God. That's why he does what he does. That's why he endures the pain that he endures. That's why he chooses to live a life of low maintenance, endure the suffering that he's endured, and ultimately give it all to Christ. Because fundamentally, he is a man and recognizes that the attention does not need to go to him, but rather those who love him even more.